Denver Broncos head coach Sean Payton has put his foot down against last year's status quo. What does that look like for the Broncos in preseason in terms of starters playing and much more? You get that on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day to get this latest episode as soon as it's made available. Make sure you subscribe, you follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co host Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. The NFL annual meeting is taking place in Phoenix, Arizona this week. We've gotten to hear from Sean Payton. We've gotten to hear from George Payton. We've gotten to hear from Damani Leach on a variety of topics. But as it pertains to this Denver Broncos team and maybe moving forward through the next part as the buildup begins for the NFL draft, Sean Payton had a lot of interesting things to say and pretty much I would say like stomped on the status quo that Nathaniel Hackett set last year for the Broncos in the offseason. Things are going to be massively different under Sean Payton. Not exactly the greatest endorsement, I suppose, of the way Nathaniel Hackett led the operation, Cody. Obviously, Sean Payton didn't come out there and say like, oh, I, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, like specifically mentioning him by name. But he did say some really interesting things. You're talking about the wide receiver position and, and, and the health of that spot. It kind of brought him into a little rabbit hole about other things, other issues that he's seen. Like he, he was talking about how the, the wide receivers that the Broncos have in response to these trade rumors about Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. He's talking about the fact we've never really seen these guys on the field together. And he said specifically, and I'm quoting him now, from a team standpoint, we weren't healthy. None of the starters played in any of the preseason games, and there wasn't any nine-on-seven, one-on-one, those drills that happened during training camp. He said, the approach was much, much different than what I'm used to. And, and when asked a specific question to follow that up, are you going to play your starters in the preseason? He said, we're going to play all of them in the preseason. Absolutely, we are. That's the preseason. <laughs> Cody, these are pretty strong statements yeah. from Sean Payton in terms of just a, a different, very significant contrast from the previous regime and you know what I mean it's the way that he's done things it's the way that he knows how to do that he grew up coaching in the NFL under Bill Parcells right so really unique perspective from him to kind of take the conversation from hey what about the wide receivers playing together to okay here's how we it it goes back to these things the nine on seven the one-on-one none of these starters even really played together how do you know what you even have at the position when you're not preparing to see these guys together it's a great point you know and and i still feel a certain way about preseason right you know for me i can see both sides i can see why you want to play them but then i can also see why you don't want to play them i think you and i've had this discussion here on the podcast so many times it, it depends, right? Like if a player gets hurt, it's like, oh, why are you playing them in the preseason? If they don't get hurt, it's like, okay, you know, hey, there you go. They played in the preseason. They, you know, they got out, you know, relatively, you know, unscathed. Hopefully that's the case for Denver going forward. Obviously with Bo Lowry now coming in as the, the VP of player health and performance, I think that'll implement a lot of different changes to maybe what they do. And that really begins 
technically here this month in April when, you know, lifting begins. Like, they're not going to do any football work. Sean Payton also could have put a kebab on it. He's like, football? He's like, we're going to be lifting and conditioning for a month. He said, we're not doing this whole voluntary stuff that's coming up. We're, we're going to be conditioning and getting better there. I, I will say this, too. Another thing that stood out to me, because there's a lot we're going to cover that we've gained from some nuggets from Sean Payton, from George Payton and others. I, I was a little perplexed by his comment when asked about rookie tight end from last year, Greg Dulcich, now entering his second season. And I don't know if he was answering this specifically in terms of Greg Dulcich or just in general of evaluating the entire offense, because he did say like, hey, I was, I was able to watch the film. It was a hard film to watch the offense last year. We, we all agree with that. But here's what he had to say about Greg Dulcich that kind of shocked me in a sense. Uh, when asked about him, he said, we'll see. We haven't gone through every player relative to the evaluation process. Some of it was hard. The evaluation. Some of it was hard. Is he talking about Greg Dulcich or is he just referencing the Broncos offense? Because when you look at that and you look at the press release quote, you're like, "Ah, that doesn't sound like a really ringing endorsement of Greg Dulcich, who you and I both know and Broncos country knows. He can be an effective playmaker from a pass-catching standpoint, right? He's not necessarily designed to be a blocker. He will have to block at times. It's a demand of the position that he plays, even if he plays a wide receiver. You will have to find a way to block and get better there. We know that they brought in Chris Manhurts, who obviously is an inline blocking option, not necessarily the receiving outlet. So, I mean, what were your thoughts on that uh, response there from Sean Payton? Did you read it as something about Dulcich, or did you maybe connected to, okay, hey, this is probably linked to the evaluation of the Broncos offense. I'm leaning with the latter. Yeah, here's my evaluate or here's my reaction to this, Cody. I'm sitting there typing, okay, who are the tight ends in the 2023 NFL draft? I mean, this is this is maybe the worst thing that you could have said about a player. And as opposed to just you saying nothing at all. I mean, you usually get the coach speak, you know, when you ask you ask a coach about a player, they usually give you the canned response. Oh, yeah, he's a talented guy, you know, this, that, and the other. I mean, Sean Payton said none of that when you're talking about Greg Dulcich and the compared especially to the comments that he made about Jarrett Stidham, the comments that he made of about even Russell Wilson or, you know, Tremont Smith. Like you look at all these, the, the wide receivers, of course. I don't know where we go from here with this one, Cody. I think it's very interesting because like we talked about in a previous episode, we talked about how a lot of times we look at, okay, Greg Dulcich had a strong rookie season, kind of just taking the tight end position off the list for now, right? Not really considering it as an option for maybe this could be the team's top pick. Maybe this is going to be a point of emphasis for them in free agency. I think Greg Dulcich, his presence has kind of caused a lot of us fans or analysts or whatever to really diminish that tight end position in terms of, hey, the Broncos don't really need to think about that too much. You got Greg Dulcich. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe that's not the case. I, I do know that this is a very good tight end draft. I know that it was a pretty solid free agency, although the Broncos kind of went minimal with Chris Manhurts there. I'm very intrigued by this comment that he made about, I think that was maybe one of the most staggering things that he said. Of course, we, we'll talk more about what he said about Stidham here in a bit, but man, the the... Uh, to, to say it wasn't a ringing endorsement would be an understatement. I think it just seems like, man, maybe the Broncos are going to be emphasizing that tight end position here in round three of the NFL draft once again. He pulls no punches. And, you know, as as much as I like Greg Dulcich, right, I also make the connection 
This is somebody that Nathaniel Hackett really, really wanted. Nathaniel Hackett was banging the table for Greg Dulcich. I do believe that George Payton and the Broncos have value in Dulcich, right? But I think the question is, is is he going to be a guy that's going to evolve at the tight end position? To me, yes, you can be a great athletic pass catcher. I think there has to be dynamics where you can impact the run game. I think for Dulcich too, you know, he's dealt with some soft tissue injuries. He's had two hamstring injuries in his rookie season, which makes people question, okay, when you don't have a clean bill of health, you have a new coaching staff coming in. Like the evaluation is entirely different than who you had evaluating you last season. So I agree with you. I was really caught off guard. I still don't know, like I said, if that was necessarily about Dulcich or if that was more so about the evaluation of the offense in totality. We'll have to see. I mean, we're going to find out here sooner rather than later as it pertains to maybe how the Broncos truly feel. But with that said, Broncos country, Sean Payton hyped up the Jarrett Stidham signing in free agency and called it a very, very important move for the team. What can we read into that? What does that mean for Russell Wilson if he struggles this season? We'll dive deeper to that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook and the tournament is heating up and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. The Broncos' backup quarterback position is important, and it is under the microscope in the eyes of many in Broncos country fans, media, and national media alike. With all eyes set on Russell Wilson having a bounce-back season in 2023, but what if he doesn't? Sean Payton had some very interesting comments about the new addition for the Broncos' quarterback room in Jarrett Stidham. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much. Make sure if you're watching this on YouTube, you're interacting in the comments with everybody else in Broncos country. Respond to what other Broncos fans have to say, and also let us know. If you listen to the show five times a day, or you watch the show five times a day, drop it in so you can join our Mile High Club here, Locked on Broncos. We appreciate you so much there. Sarah, continuing on with our conversation here on the show, you and I both, when free agency happened, Jared Stidham was announced, and you and I were both kind of, we had the reaction like, huh, this is an interesting one, right? Why did the Broncos go with Stidham? them in comparison to maybe some other options that were available on the free agency market in terms of maybe a number two quarterback behind Russell Wilson. He had some uh, interesting things to say. And, And look, from a guy who's been in the game a long time, I do trust Sean Payton's evaluation when he talks about how he views guys and maybe traits. And he had a lot of ringing endorsements to say about Stidham and basically calling it a quietly important signing for the Broncos offense. I think even his statements, Cody, gets me a little bit more excited about the move just because you wanted to – he talked about this too. He said, I could have signed somebody that I had more familiarity with as the backup quarterback, which he could have. We talked about how many connections that he had to guys that were available in this pretty strong free agency class. Jarrett Stidham didn't fit the bill of a former top 10 draft pick or anything. Like I was kind of hoping for a Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, you know, one of those types of guys that's still younger, still a former top 10 pick that's seemingly still out there. But 
Jarrett Stidham does fit the bill in a number of different ways. And Sean Payton outlined these. These are the things that, you know, as we were talking about the backup quarterback, as we were talking about the Russell Wilson contingency plan, these are the things that I personally wanted. And I think you did too, Cody. Here's what Sean Payton had to say. Maybe this will get react with us in the comments here. Tell us what you think of these. Because when I heard him say this stuff, I was like, oh, dang, that might be the biggest thing he said at the owners meetings here. I think the he, here's I'm quoting him. I think he's a number 2 whose arrow is moving in a direction where we feel like he can become an NFL starter in our league. The evaluation was pretty crystal clear for all of us. I think he's someone that's going to be great in the room, meaning the quarterback room. He said he's smart, quietly that was an important sign for us. Like you just mentioned, Cody, what he said there. I mean, just you tell me what you all think of that. Cody, you tell me what you think. I feel like that has way more weight to it than just, yeah, absolutely. He's Russell. We feel like he's a high-quality backup for Russell Wilson. It, that statement had absolutely nothing to do with Russell Wilson outside of saying he's good for the room, meaning the quarterback room. I I don't know. I feel like Jarrett Stidham, I'm not trying to overhype this. Of course, he is the QB, too. But what Sean Payton said there makes me feel like he's very confident in Stidham's ability to take over the operation if and when asked to do so. And I think that's the important thing, right? Because who has the most pressure on them this upcoming season from the quarterback standpoint? It's Russell Wilson. And if Russ struggles, this kind of tells me that if Russ struggles, Sean Payton isn't going to be shy about maybe making a change if necessary, right? Because I I feel like the consensus is... Russ has to perform this year. Like this is essentially him auditioning to stay in Denver after 2023. I know that there's a whole nother conversation to be had about, oh, here's what the dead cap, the salary cap, so on and so forth. Here's what all this stuff indicates if you move on from Russ. I'm not saying that Denver should do that. I do think that Russ has to bounce back this year. But what Sean Payton is saying is clearly like, while he respects Russell Wilson, he had a lot of great things to say about Russ as well. And he went on to mention that last year when watching the offensive film, he said, which was hard to watch. He said it wasn't just Russ, like there was dirt on the on a lot of people's hands with how things went last year. I think that's important to note. But in the business that is the NFL, the ultimate goal is trying to win games and trying to put your team in a better position. If Russell Wilson, let's say, plays like he was last year, struggles the way he did last year, this tells me that Sean Payton isn't going to be shy about saying, hey, you know what? You don't have it this game. We're going to go and we're going to see what happens. But I also think it goes to the point of some things that he also sees within Jarrett Stidham, which Sarah, I mean, he mentions like his command at the line of scrimmage, being smart at identifying pre-snap. Those are things that, you know, we hear talked about so much by draft analysts, especially with the NFL draft. You're going to hear about, you know, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. But what does it truly mean? Knowing what you're seeing at the line of scrimmage. And I think it goes to a deeper point. Okay. I can get the play call in. The coach is going to get the play call in through the headset. I can communicate that clearly. However, with, you know, the play call, there's an audible, there's a check. If they come out in this, can I communicate that? Can I remember where my reads are? Can I recognize maybe what the defensive front looks like? Can I recognize the coverage? And you're doing all this, right? Because the play clock, you know, it restarts every time. I think it's from 40 seconds or something. It winds down and you had to figure out like, okay, I got to get all this information in. I got to process everything in a short amount of time. And I have to deliver with efficiency. And there are things that Jarrett Stidham did. And specifically, he referenced that San Francisco game where he saw those things from Stidham against the NFL's best defense at that point. To me, I think there are things you can grow with, right? And for a guy like Sean Payton, who is invested in developing, to me, this is where I trust. I trust Sean Payton. 
And I do too, really. I mean, full wholeheartedly. I know there's a lot of people out there who ask this question, like those fun Twitter debates that you and I have in our mentions, Cody, where it's like, you know, we throw out the statement like Sean Payton, I trust him to develop a quarterback and somebody jumps into your mentions and like, well, who has Sean Payton ever developed? You know, I mean, I, I just, I, I'm like, are you kidding? Are you serious right now? Every, basically every quarterback that touched his system has excelled. How do you think he became a head coach in the first place, right? I mean, obviously that people saw something in him to be able to bring him to that point, but that's a separate conversation for another time. I think with Jarrett Stidham, it's you, you trust Peyton's evaluation. You trust the, the brain trust, you know, for lack of a better term that they have with Sean Payton. Obviously you got uh, Davis Webb, the quarterback's coach. You got Joe Lombardi in the offensive coordinator chair. You got John Morton in the pass game coordinator chair. You got all these different pieces in place to really have a healthy environment for this. I, I'm not going to call it a competition, Cody. I do think, though, that Stidham is going to push Russell Wilson. I don't think that it's going to be a, hey, these two guys are competing to be the opening day starter. I think that's clearly going to be Russell Wilson. We're not talking about a quarterback controversy here. For the time being, what we're talking about is that the, this this staff, they handpicked Jarrett Stidham out of all those guys, that whole list of free agent quarterbacks that they could have brought in. Guys with a combination of talent, top 10 draft status, youth, previous experience with Sean Payton in his offense. He chose this guy among all of them. And I think that there's something really significant to be said for that. There were some other significant things that he said about the Broncos offense, in particular, who he believes will be the starting center for the Broncos offense here in 2023. We'll dive deeper into that in today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. And as you know, you make Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, and we appreciate you so much for that. So after this episode of the show, make sure for your second listen of the day, you tune into Locked On NFL Scouting with the draft dudes from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sean Payton proclaimed a declaration of who he believes will be the starting center for the Broncos in 2023. Is it a surprise to anybody? Not necessarily here. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much. At uh, the NFL annual meeting, I mean, Sean Payton, I think, is an open book. Like, he, he talked about a variety of different things we've discussed here, obviously, with Russell Wilson, the offense last year, how he's going to do things, Jarrett Stidham. When it, when it comes to, like, injuries, he also said something very interesting. He said, as it pertains to injuries, you know, I'll probably never talk to you guys all about that ever. So he'll never, like, give us any in-depth injury updates going forward. So I think that's something that, you know, Broncos country, prepare yourself for. Like, if in season, some guy's banged up. He's not going to give us anything on it. We'll have to find out from, uh, you know, probably Ian Rappaport or somebody at this point in time. But in terms of the offense, there's going to be competition at various positions. And over the weekend, they brought in Kyle Fuller, not the cornerback, the center to compete there. But Sean Payton said that he views Lloyd Cushenberry as their starter at center position next to Ben Powers and Quinn Miners. 
and drop it in the comments what you all think of this. Here's the projected starting five on the offensive line with that in mind, right, Cody? Obviously, Garrett Bowles at left tackle coming back from injury. Then you got Ben Powers at the left guard position. You got Lloyd Cushenberry at the center position. Quinn Miners at right guard. And then Mike McGlinchey, the other big money free agent acquisition there at right tackle. So that could be, barring anything surprising or shocking, barring a Connor McGovern signing that we don't see coming at this point or a Ben Jones signing that we don't see coming. And even barring a rookie coming in and taking that job, they're going to have to take that job from Cushenberry, who started a lot of games, or Kyle Fuller, who started at least a handful of games, right? So even a rookie coming in as a third-round pick, even if the Broncos trade up a few slots into the second round to get a rookie center, there's no guarantee they're going to be able to beat Cushenberry for that job. So the starting five on the offensive line, can we tentatively pencil that group in right there? Or are there going to be any more big changes? I think right now, that's a group that I can, even with Cushenberry at center, here's my take on it, Cody. I can still feel pretty comfortable with that unit for a couple of reasons. Number one, I really trust, and I'm, I may be going into this too blindly here, but I think 15 years on the job in New Orleans, I trust Sean Payton and his offense to really maximize the skill set of these offensive linemen. Maybe they're going to have their moments still, but I, I think that their, their weaknesses are going to be minimized by a strong system in place and a strong coaching staff, Zach Streif. Obviously, Sean Payton, we didn't get a chance to really talk. He he had about a you know a book and a half to say about Zach Streif and the, the Broncos' new offensive line coach, right, to see what he really thinks of him, what he had to say about him, his ability to develop talent on that in that group. I think those additions there and the addition of Ben Powers next to Lloyd Cushenberry, which Payton spoke of as well, I think those factors right there make me a little bit more more comfortable with that projected starting five. If we're saying the season starts today, those are your offensive linemen right there. I feel pretty good about it. What do you think? I'm okay with it. I'm good with it as well. My only question is, what if you deal with an injury to any of those guys in the starting lineup? Like, what is your, what is your backup option? Like, does this mean like with them bringing in Kyle Fuller, do they look to maybe move on from Luke Wattenberg or do they maybe look at maybe changing Wattenberg's position maybe to a guard? Because honestly, he kind of stepped in a guard and did a little bit better, you know, when he got thrown into the fire a little bit toward the end of last season. So what does your backup situation look like? We know Quinn Bailey was tendered. He'll be back on the low. I think that's an underrated, quiet move. I mean, this is a guy who's has been with Denver since 2019, Sarah. Like Quinn Bailey, for some reason, is like the unsung hero, the guy who never gets talked about, who does the dirty jobs, the dirty work, and doesn't get recognized nearly enough. And I think that at times where Bailey has stepped in, I think he's done a pretty solid job. He's continuing to grow and develop, and there's a reason that he's back. I still have questions about the tackle depth in terms of who's behind McGlinchey, who's behind Garrett Bowles, who's behind Lloyd Cushingberry in the event that he gets hurt. I imagine it's now going to be Kyle Fuller. But what about guard? Like, what about if, you know, Ben Powers gets banged up or Quinn Miners gets banged up? These are questions I I don't think we have fully answered right now. And I will say this, Sean Payton did say they are still working toward building the 90-man roster, which they're about, he said they're about 70 right now. And with that said, like, there's going to be five draft picks. There's going to be a list of undrafted guys. So I imagine Denver's still in the process of maybe making a couple of moves. Latavius Murray, was he was asked, he said, we'll see. Uh, George Payton said that Kareem Jackson, he's in contact with Kareem Jackson's reps about maybe him coming back. So there is a possibility for maybe three or four more veteran type moves, lower level deals or technically maybe one or two year deals. 
something to keep an eye on here as the Broncos fill out the uh, the roster. Broncos country, we're always eager for your thoughts. Make sure you drop them down below in the YouTube comment section. But kind of to that point of what you were talking about here, Sarah, what are your thoughts on like the roster construction from the standpoint of guys like Latavius, Kareem Jackson? You and I have talked about this as well. I think you have to see Caden Stearns and Justin Simmons start. But if you bring back Kareem Jackson, what does that mean for that unit in particular? Well, you would certainly hope that it wouldn't be at the expense of the young guys, right? We talk about Caden Cerns. They already brought back P.J. Locke, got Delarian Turner-Yell from last year's group. And obviously, you retained Christian Parker there in the secondary to be able to continue coaching those guys up. He's done such a great job of that already. Again, another guy that you trust on this coaching staff with player development. So I'd be for it. I'd be for Latavius Murray coming back as well, although I kind of feel like with Samaje P coming in maybe that's not super it's not a necessity it's not a must at this point you know you kind of figured if Latavius was coming back that would be that you know contingency plan type of move not that you can't bring him back for more talented depth and somebody that brings you experience which you can never have too much of I don't think and Sean Payton spoke about that the veteran players versus the young players just some really intriguing comments overall if if anybody gets a chance to just go find those clips or find the quotes it's really good stuff but in terms of the overall roster depth and specifically speaking to some of the offensive line stuff that you mentioned Cody want to quickly throw this out there you mentioned a position change for Luke Wattenberg he played some tackle in college at Washington not saying that he would definitely be able to play tackle in the NFL but he checks all the boxes in terms of the the RAS score the arm length all those different types of things he obviously played the position so maybe maybe don't sleep on Luke Wattenberg potentially kicking all the way out to the tackle position maybe becoming something that the Broncos can rely on for a few different spots there on the O-line Broncos country, what do you think right now about the Broncos' offensive line depth? Would you be okay with Kareem Jackson making his return to Denver if it were in a role where he could still play? But Justin Simmons and Caden Stern starts. We're eager for your thoughts on that. Drop it down below on YouTube. Interact with other members of Broncos country. And if you're listening on your favorite audio podcasting platform, make sure you tweet us your thoughts at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Lockdown Broncos. We appreciate you all for tuning in every single day, five days a week. You get a Lockdown Broncos episode. We appreciate you so much Broncos country to make sure you get the latest episode available. Make sure you subscribe or you follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Sarah and I will be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show. Could the Broncos make some more personnel moves? What's the latest update on things like jerseys? Damani Leach spoke with the media as well. What did George Payton have to say at the NFL annual meeting? We'll dive deeper into those conversations on tomorrow.